they apply and wait, apply and wait, apply and wait. There's a good chance no one's gonna see, sorry, your resume. Go find out who the recruiter is or go find out who the hiring manager is and send them a direct message on LinkedIn, that's good advice, and say, I have applied. Is there anything else you need for me? Is there any other roles that you think would be a good fit for me? You have to do the extra thing. Welcome, I'm Kathleen Smith. I am the Chief Outreach Officer of ClearJobs.net. But my other great involvement and leadership opportunity is leading the Career Center here at ISC2. My other passion is doing a podcast with the lovely lady at the end of this panel, Rachel Bozeman. And we decided for once we would do this podcast live. Rachel, it's great to see you again. Great to see you face-to-face -face after a year and a half of doing podcasts. The hugs are the best. The hugs are the best. And we brought our boots. Because they're made for talking. <laughs> so, Rachel, who do you have sitting to the right of you? Well, I have the one and the only man that for the longest time I thought just existed from the waist up. All of our interactions were all via Zoom and only got to see him. But Chris, there's more to you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I actually wear pants. Can you, you do. So I'm only in public. Uh, no socks, though. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm like a daring Victorian that just shows off their ankles occasionally. But tell us a little bit more about you other than the daring ankles. Uh, so I'm CEO and founder of Tyro Security, a cybersecurity staffing and professional services company. Very involved in the community, uh, very passionate about what we do and, and how we all need to work together. I lead the industry advisory board for NSITE, the National Cybersecurity Training and Education Center. Just passionate about trying to move us forward and fix some of the headaches that we've got right now and the ones we're, having, we're certainly gonna have coming up. Sounds great. And to my left, I have a dear friend who was our first guest on the podcast, has provided other great advice on employment scams. Kirsten Renner, my friend in the conference world, but also one of my customers. Tell us a little bit more about Kirsten other than her great boots. <laughs> that I just got on uh, Fifth and Broadway. Uh, so I'm Kirsten Renner, as she said, and they, they call me uh, Krenner on Twitter. I co-founded the Car Hacking Village in 2015, and I, I recently made uh, some big changes. I went from uh, running the National Security Portfolio Recruiting at Accenture Federal Services after they purchased the company I was working at, Novetta, and I just switched to ICS Village, and I'm Talent Engagement, which is a new role. So it's doing this sort of thing and engaging with you all the talent. Kirsten was hosting a roundtable yesterday and this morning more focused on skills bridge and more focused on military transition because not only are you a very big supporter of military transition, you're also an army mom. So tell us a little bit more about the conversations you were having this morning on the skills bridge table. Um, Skillbridge, if you're not familiar, and I am very passionate about this even prior to being an Army mom, Hua, but uh, <laughs> it is a DOD program and it is uh, specifically in, put in place to do a fellowship, which would be similar to an internship. The DOD pays the members to go get training, so the participants, the employers, are providing the training to the individuals and hopefully having opportunities for them after the fellowship. So I would just say, if you're transitioning military, definitely look into skill bridge fellowships or internships as part of your bridge to 
getting your commercial experience, but do realize that it is your responsibility to go to your manager, to your officer, to start the process. It is not something that you just sort of willy-nilly. It is part of your journey. It is something you do. So really look at that program. So we're here at a certification conference. Let's talk more about DOD certification. We're talking about security cleared world. We're talking about people having to fill the various different regulations. What are you seeing as the key certifications now as what people need? Because I know we can go and look at the 8570 or whatever the new regulation is called, but I just love saying 8570. And no, I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to. I don't know. It just rolls off your tongue after you've said it for 26 years. And um, it's a big, long list, mm-hmm. and it's really frustrating sometimes. You don't know where to start. So that's a two-part question. One, if you're going to go and start in a career in a security-cleared cybersecurity career, mm-hmm. say that fast, what is the certification you really should be focusing on first? And then sort of on the other realm, if you're already in your journey of certification, what are the key certifications you should be focusing on right now before you build all the others? So I want to answer the question a, a couple of different ways. I want to touch on a couple of different things real quick. Um, so I, before I came into uh, GovSec, I was in telecom. And I can tell you that I remember recruiting at the time, uh, one of the biggest challenges was they, that CISSP was the main thing they wanted me to look for, or CIIE or something. It was like the Cisco certs and stuff like that. And I remember thinking it was impossible. And there's only, it's a volume problem. Yeah. And we have similar problems in the cleared community where there's a volume problem, people that either do or do not have the clearances. It's a math problem, right? Um, so you're going to look at uh, different things. So the employer, the hiring organization, has different reasons for putting certification requirements in the job description. So if you see those in there, it's to win work, right? It's to get things like ISO 9001 or the different things that they, that they need to certify their organization. So there's different reasons why they're tracking and providing training internally for certifications. So when you're, when you're having the conversation with your recruiter even, when you get that far, you can say, uh, what assistance are you, the employer, going to provide for me to get the certifications mm-hmm. that are required? Yeah. Also, if Security Plus is the main one that pops into my head personally, because of I'm, I'm in national security, and it just shows up on a lot of the contracts that, that the work that we're fulfilling in our spot. So if you don't have the required certifications, don't be discouraged. Don't think that you're automatically disqualified. Have a conversation about is it negotiable that the employer can either provide the training for you or make an offer to you contingent upon you obtaining it and or you can start and get it and remain employed by getting the assistance to to get the certification. So don't be discouraged if you don't have it. So we're going to kind of pick your brain in this section too. Okay. So there's 18 to 19 different certifications. Yeah. So if someone is transitioning into this space, what would you say the top one, two certs that are a must-have? Like, get them, get them now. So the, the truly, there is only one cert that we regularly see, mm-hmm. and that's the CISSP, right? We know... You know, that's the benchmark, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not here saying it just because we're here at the, at the ISC2 conference. But that's what it's like, right? It's on most job descriptions. 
Um, somebody asked me what certs do CISOs have. You know, you might see them with an MBA and things like that, but from a certification point of view, if they've got something, it's a CISSP. So um, that is kind of the benchmark. Obviously, that's not, a, that's not something that people can have if they haven't got five years' worth of experience. So we've got the Security Plus. I think that the new CC is really interesting. There's obviously a huge push to, to get that out here. I think the exciting thing about, about that is, I know it's free and we know that there's a membership fee, right? So they're not, it's not disguised, but the membership fee is less than I pay for my membership fee for ISSA or OWASP, right? You're part mm -hmm. of an organization. I think that's gonna be a great stepping stone into ISC2 um, to the point where, and I haven't told anybody this, and I, I'm a bit scared because this is live and, I, and I'm committing to it it's by safe. saying it. I, by the way, I'm a recruiter, I'm not a practitioner, right? There's a big difference between the two. I'm gonna do my CC and I'm gonna do it. This is the last conference I've got of the year. I'm gonna get it done before the end of the year. I'm committing to that. If there's Ooh. people out there that are watching this and they're thinking of getting theirs, can you hit me up on LinkedIn and we'll do like a study group or just something? Sure. I'm gonna get it done. And, and so, I don't know, there's probably people here with CISSP saying, oh, Oh, of course, that's, you should do that, you know, whatever, but, you know. What about CEH? Do you see a need for that? Oh, okay. Because I do in the research. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm not a big fan of the CEH. Okay. I, I think Hi. things like the OSCP are, are, are a great, you know, that's a great certification. The people that are actually doing this kind of, and this kind of work seem to really respect that. I do see the CEH come up occasionally. It's never ever essential. I mean, I try and make sure the certifications aren't essential when we're talking to hiring sure. managers. I do see it occasionally come up, but it's not that often. I'll see it on a resume more than I'll see it on a job description. I think this is a really cool evidence of how there's different perspectives depending on what your aim is, right? Yep. Yeah. And I, I wanted to flip this over <clears throat> and just sort of give kudos to both of you because both of you are recruiters, but you have technical backgrounds. You were help desk for a while and, and you're now going for your certification. So, you know, set up the study group with him. You know, let, let's make sure he really knows how to take this exam. But I would say that when you're talking to a recruiter, be sure that they understand the technical background. And that might be hard because there are a lot of recruiters, HR departments, you know, that don't have people who understand the certifications or the technical backgrounds. And I know a lot of people then get frustrated with that interview question or that screening call. Mm -hmm. Don't get so frustrated that you burn that bridge. That person has been given a, a role to screen you for a variety of things. I always look at it as an opportunity to reverse mentor or reverse, you know, we, we talk about reverse engineering. Let's talk about reverse education. Let's talk about, you're asking me about a CISSP. Do you know what this is? Do you know what I had to do to get it? That is not talking down. That is sharing knowledge. That is also building a relationship with that recruiter because that recruiter has been put into a place to screen a BD manager, a technical person, and an admin all in the same day. And my head would explode if I had to interview for those different skill sets. So I know it's really frustrating. We like to talk about how recruiters are awful people. They're not, they're really great people, they're right here. And if you have an opportunity to provide that education, go ahead and do it. I mean, it's, it's no skin off of your nose and 
you're learning on your soft skills on how to communicate with a new audience. And you may actually build a really powerful relationship with a recruiter, which is always very helpful in your job search. And realize that there are more recruiters out there that will leverage their networks. Even if you don't get that job, but you like having that conversation with that recruiter, keep in touch. I mean, I know Kirsten at least has had several candidates that you've talked to for three, five years before you finally had the job that was perfect for them, right? You didn't shove them in to a job that wasn't going to work for them. Right. You have an example of that or? Oh my gosh, yes. I always try to close like a coaching session or a conversation with the worst thing I'm ever going to do to you is just introduce you to somebody else and I'll just at Chris. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of situations, uh, one in particular uh, with an individual, uh, this is several co companies back, look at my LinkedIn, you'll figure out where I'm talking about. Everywhere I go gets bought by somebody else, but I, this is a few oh, research companies. Do you want to come and work for me? Okay. <laughs> You're looking to get sold, oh. but anyway, <laughs> uh, this is a few research companies back, a uh, smaller organization, and, and, and I met this brilliant security researcher. And uh, they were looking for something, and I thought, man, I'm going to get so many kudos for doing this. I said, but let me also tell you about this other thing. They ended up doing the other thing, and coincidentally, like eight years later, became the reason why I ended up at Novetta. And I will say, the person is now in charge of uh, research at Microsoft. Like, just, wow. just what a great thing to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that I've loved about being part of our community. And I talk about the security cleared community. I talk about the security community. I talk about the hacker community is that we talk about giving back. If you want to give back, just find one or two people. That's it. You don't have to have a big following. You don't have to have a million conversations on LinkedIn. Just find one person. So, sorry, went off track on or that. Or come and do some coaching here yeah. or do resume some reviewing coaching, over resume the years. Reviewing. How many people have we helped from doing resume reviews That's that have true. gone on? Oh, much, tons, much tons. Much better jobs, right? So let's get back on track. Track, I love the track we're on. We just kind of stop and talk about different things. <laughs> but something that we talk about quite often on the podcast are just like career searches and job advice. So I want to ask both of you, you know, times have changed. I think back when I started recruiting, things that the blunders that I constantly saw candidates coming in, you know, asking, when's my first day off? Um, or, you know, all sorts of type <laughs> fun stuff that just comes out of their mouth. But, you know, as we've kind of evolved and the seasons have changed, and what are some of the obstacles or some of the things that you see candidates are currently stumbling through that you could help give back so that they could avoid those kind of obstacles? You want me first? Wrong <laughs> paper scissors. I feel like okay. it's appropriate. Um, I think at the moment, the network, we always talk about networking being so important, and I think that hasn't changed um, no matter where you are in your career today with the path to CISO. I was talking about um, getting advisory boards. Um, you know, getting on an advisory board to help you on your path to CISO. And mm -hmm. you can help doing that with lots of chapters and getting involved with non-profits. And you can, that can be your first step into that sort of work. So that's one thing. But the whole networking thing as a whole is so important. Um, I, had an, uh, I had a hiring manager that I spoke to who very proudly said to me, we put out an advert and um, in one week we had 700 applicants. Um, and, and, and that this year particularly, that's gone kind of crazy. Um, and he proudly said to me, and actually, uh, I've not seen one of those resumes because uh, I had four people recommended to me and I've just interviewed them and I'm about to hire one. 
And so all of those 700 people are going to get a, a, a decline. And, and some of those are going to be perfect for the, the role. And so that networking and being recommended, and mm-hmm. that's really how you're going to find your role right now. What's interesting is that one of the statistics that we hear a lot on the podcast is yeah. that referrals are about 40% of new hires of many companies. We actually interviewed somebody uh, a few weeks ago that was 60%. And I really, I think you're right. A lot of people don't understand the power of your networking and the power of a referral program. And I've seen it change so much in the 20-odd years that I've been involved in this that it used to be just sort of you forward an email, and now they're very big, complicated programs. So why don't you both sort of talk about your experiences? You just shared one on referrals. Oh, this is you. I know your referral program. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> scary. You put me out of business. I'm sorry. <laughs> We pay five to twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. yeah. I, I, sorry, <laughs> recruiting guys. Um, no, that's very important. No, I'm. I'm. I'm just going to be. I, I'm. Everything you said was correct. Um, regardless of their career level, they're, whether they're trying to break in, trying to do something new, or they've worked for twenty or thirty years and they're not ready to stop working, uh, it's that they apply and wait, apply and wait, apply and wait. There's a good chance no one's going to see. Sorry your resume. And you're going to get an auto message that says, we found somebody else and we'll get back to you if we ever see a thing right for you. Those auto messages are generated because probably somebody did send in a referral or somebody did not just apply, but then also go find out who the recruiter is or go find out who the hiring manager is and send them a direct message on LinkedIn. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. And say, I have applied. Is there anything else you need for me? Is there any other roles that you think would be a good fit for me? You have to do the extra thing. And it's going to come through those various ways, whether it is finding out, do I know anybody at this company? Do If I know somebody at this company, why not reach out to them, whether they have internal or external <laughs> referral programs, and say, would you, would you refer me? Because you just got in front of the hiring manager faster. And just to really bring this home, <laughs> we've all been in recruitment, recruitment marketing, you know, decades. And there are studies that will tell you that over the last 15, 18 years, an organization called Career Crossroads has sort of talked to major employers, not just in security, but in all major industries, and said, what is your number one source of hire? For the last 18 years, it has been referrals. Mm-hmm. Employee referrals has been their number one source of hire. And Tyro Security. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. sorry. I mean, no, I, I, it wasn't, I, 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 that wasn't the answer. Yeah. Sorry. You, you get enough commercials. I know. You know you I do. can't you help really myself. You get enough commercials. <laughs> no, the number two source of hire is actually job boards. And it's fascinating because job boards have been around since 1994, and people think that they're no longer being used. But for the last 18 years, it's also been number one has been referrals, number two has been job boards. Mm-hmm. So I always find it fascinating when people, you know, we have a job board, ours is very specific, but people say, oh, they're so out of date. And I said, well, if they've been the number two source of hire since 1994, they might be powerful you just might want to learn how to use them. Yeah. So let's go back to sort of job search tips because you know we have a, a fabulous live audience who decided not to get lunch. So thank you, everyone thank who you. decided to come. And hello again to everyone in the virtual world. Let's talk about current job search challenges. So we talked about 
yes, you know, we need a referral. Yes, we might be what's called spraying and praying, which I can't believe these terms are still around, but we're spraying and praying. Say someone does get that call. What are the challenges after that? Well, specific to security cleared positions, uh, obviously, depending on is the hiring organization uh, the prime on the contract or not? Do they need customer approval? Do they need prime approval? What other contingencies are in play? Those things all take time. And so it's going to be communicating with your recruiter and making sure that you know what to expect. Um, and, and not getting passed around from person to person to person in that process, the closer you can stay connected to one individual that helps you understand what to, well, and this is going to take this many days, and now we're going to verify your clearance, or now we're going to run a background investigation, or now your clearance has to literally come over, and this specific agency only does in-doc days every other Tuesday if you're lucky. Right, so things like that are controlled by the customers and controlled by the primes. Um, but what I'm what I'm describing to you, and I probably skipped ten things, but is that there are many th- parts of the steps that if you're the candidate or you're the applicant or you're being interviewed, if someone isn't making sure you know what all those stages are and how long they will take and what the status of them are, you might just feel forgotten or you might feel like it's over. Ghosted. Right. And sometimes, and I got to admit, you know, I don't recruit anymore, but when I did, my greatest failure was dropping the ball and not telling someone what was going on. You know, I would just like squirrel and I'd go do another thing and I'd forget. And that's terrible. Don't be afraid to ping them, to send them a reminder, to harass them, to go on LinkedIn and gently, gently, kindly, kindly. Kindly. (laughs) They're people too. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, hey, just don't be afraid to tell me to calm down. If everything's fine and I should be calm, I'll be calm. But is everything okay? Have you forgotten me? Is there anything you need from me? Good. Just just lead with, is there anything you need from me? Because there are many things out of the recruiter's control that they are just waiting for somebody to get back to them on. Right? Most of the time the recruiters, like a good recruiter wants you to get that position and will do whatever they can to try and help you and assist you and make sure that there aren't too many shocks or surprises that you're not ready for to allow you to do the best you can. So treat them as a as, as like a partner and a friend because they can really help you. And absolutely most most people aren't looking to ghost people, right? Things, they're humans. Things through, drop through the cracks. So I have always have like a three strike rule, right? If I reach out to somebody once, they don't reply, no problem. Easily done. And money, and now times I've opened my LinkedIn messages, read something and think I must reply to that. And then the phone rings and I don't go back into it. Same with emails, right? Two times. Okay. By the third time, all right. At that time, you probably are being ignored and, and you need to move on. But like, give people a chance. They're just humans that make mistakes and we all do that. I've just been given the high sign, so thanks to my lovely co-host for joining me here up from Louisiana, my dear friends. Please listen to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today.